This episode is brought to you in part by Thomas Nelson, publisher of But God Can, How to Stop Striving and Live Purposefully and Abundantly, written and narrated by Becky Kaiser and is available everywhere audiobooks are sold. Hey friends, welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. I am your host, Amber Cullum. Each episode, I sit down with a guest to discuss their life journey and how the grace of God has impacted them along the way. After listening to today's episode, I hope you are encouraged that God can use you right now in the midst of your day-to-day life. Yes, it requires daily surrender and trust, but we must remember His grace is enough. Welcome to episode 25 of the Grace Enough podcast. Today, I chat with Kate Pope the author of The Giving Crusade, which is a little book with a big mission to teach children that giving a little can do a lot. Being a parent to children ages 9, 6, and 3, I have struggled to instill an attitude of giving back to our community and my family. Our culture is fast-paced and very me-oriented, so it requires intentionality. A Bible passage I often pray over my children is Philippians 2, verses 3 through 5. Let them do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than themselves. Let them look not only to their own interests, but also to the interests of others, and let their attitude be the same as that of Christ Jesus. The Giving Crusade is a book that has assisted me in encouraging my children to give to others. Before we begin our conversation, here are a few pages read by my daughter. The Giving Crusade by Kate Pope. Hi there, my friend. I have five bucks for you, but this gift comes with rules. Here's what you must do. Give it away. This money's not meant to go to a friend, but should be given in a way so you don't see it again. Talk with your parents, your teachers, and friends. Figure out how and where you'll begin. You might give it to kinds who don't feel so swell or send it abroad to help build a well. Good afternoon, I guess not afternoon. Good evening, Kate. Welcome to the Grace Enough podcast. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Will you take a moment and introduce our listeners to you and your family and tell them what you do? So my name is Kate Pope. I am a professional wedding and event photographer. I also photograph portraits. Um, I am also the author of The Giving Crusade, which is a little book with a big mission to teach kids that giving a little can do a lot. I am married to my husband, Andy. We've been married for 13 years, and um, we have one black lab named Macon, and we live in Eflin, North Carolina, right down the road from you. My daughter wants a dog so bad. So every time somebody talks about their dog, I'm like, I hope she doesn't listen to this because I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm just not ready. We're the best. She should have a couple. I know. Well, and I keep telling her, she she told me the other day, she said, you just keep making excuses, mommy. And I said, I'm so sorry. I promise the time <laughs> is going to come. Maybe they are my brother is not jumping off of every piece of furniture that we own. It, they are a lot of work. It's like having, a, in your case, it would be a fourth child. I so I totally get it. I know. Well, before we go into talking about the Giving Crusade, um, you have several nieces and nephews, even though you don't have children of your own. And I know that's kind of where it began. So give our listeners just really quick, you told me before we started recording, you know, just the age range of your nieces and nephews, how many you have, and then we'll go into talking about the book. 
So I have six nieces and nephews. I have five nieces and one nephew, the lucky little man. They range in age from eight to one month. The youngest one was born March 1st, and she was actually named after me, so it's super special. Oh, that's awesome. So sweet. Well, tell us, this is a book, like you said, with a big mission. Take us back and tell us the story about how was the Giving Crusade inspired? I don't know about you, but I do a lot of my thinking in the shower. I know that sounds really strange. No, but I'm the same. <laughs> I actually invested in aqua notes that hang in your shower. I don't know if you've ever seen them. Yeah, they're like suction cup and you can write. They're waterproof. You can write all your thoughts and dreams and hopes and all that stuff. In the shower. Oh my gosh, girl, I need to do that because I used to put like scripture verses inside right. of a Ziploc baggie, <laughs> wet it on the back and then stick it to my shower so I could memorize them and they wouldn't get wet. Am- Amazon packs of three aqua awesome. notes. Um, I should probably get a referral fee of some sort. That's right. Um, <laughs> um, but it, it is kind of where a lot of inspiration comes to me. So I was in the shower and I, I was thinking um, about what I was going to give my niece for her seventh birthday, which was in a couple of days. And I was really struggling and I knew I wanted to give her something that was meaningful and that was unique and that wasn't stuff. You know, Mm -hmm. these days kids get so much stuff and they forget about it in five minutes. And I really wanted as someone who didn't have or doesn't have children of her own to leave a lasting impression on her. It's kind of, you know, my job as an aunt to take the the good work that parents have done and kind of make it even better, right? (laughs) Accentuate that a little bit. And I really thought about it and I was like, you know, if I died tomorrow, how would I want people to remember me? Mm -hmm. And what are the three things in my life that are important enough that I would want those to be my legacy? And those three things that I came up with were my creativity, my philanthropy and good works, and my kindness. And I knew that if I was known for those three things, that I would be a success in my life. And I knew that those were also the values that I cherished the most. And so I thought, okay, well, you know, these are the things that I would want Annie and my family to remember about me. I didn't really come up with an idea of what to give her, but I, I went ahead, I went to bed and I, I woke up the next morning and I literally grabbed my cell phone and I wrote the entire thing. There was not any hesitation. I don't think it was really me that was writing it. <laughs> you know, I think it was very divinely inspired in a lot of ways. And um, it just kind of flowed out and I took it back to my office and I tweaked it a little bit because it does rhyme and I wanted to make sure that it made sense put a $5 bill in an envelope along with that poem, mailed it to her. And about a week later, got a phone call from my sister saying, you know what, this was really impactful. And we can't let this stop here. Like this really needs to be something more. This is a message that other kids need to hear. I said, well, you know, I'm not in a position where I can publish this myself. I, I, you know, I can't do that. She said, well, what if I help you? I said, well, if you'll help me, I'll do it. And this is your sister that lives in Nashville? No, this is the sister that lives in Greensboro. Okay. She lives right down the road. Her name is Allison. She is three and a half years younger than me. And she is mother to three of my nieces, Annie, Emma, and Maisie. And Annie was the one that I was writing the book or the poem for. So Allison and I teamed up and started doing a little legwork to try to find a publisher that would, would understand the, the vision and the mission. We reached out to a hybrid publisher in Charlotte. Um, right down the road from us and kind of pitched it to her. And she understood the the bigger picture and the potential and, and the mission, more importantly. And 
by the time we got off the phone with her, we had a contract in our email inbox. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> the irony of it all was I had told myself that fall that this was in fall of 2017. And I had told myself that fall that I was going to start work on a novel because it had been something that was always on my bucket list. And my husband went out of town um, to go hunting, actually, and he was gone for almost six weeks. And I went up to my in-laws house and in, um, outside of Charlotte and had just some dedicated alone time to start my book. And the inspiration never really took. But in the time that I was there is when my sister called me and said, let's make this happen. And by the end of that sabbatical, as I called it, um, it was a week long. By the end of that, I had a contract for a book. That was not the book that I intended, but is proving to be a lot more than I could have dreamed. So I, it was just really, it was one of those things where it was like, okay, I came up here to get away from the rat race. And to really focus on doing something that was very different than I'd ever done in writing this novel. And I spent a week not finding the motivation to do that. But then this book was born in the process. So I feel like, you know, I went in with one plan and I came out with another. I felt like by the end of that week, I was really really excited about the potential for this poem and what it could become. And I felt like it was really a calling and something that I was really meant to chase and to be a part of. And I was really, and continue to be very excited about the potential growth and the spread of the mission. Well, you had said that you feel like you were just born to write stories. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's interesting how you can have that feeling early on and then this, you know, come to fruition. So what has it felt like to be this first time published author and to kind of launch this, this, what I would assume is your baby, you know, out into the world? So it's been really surreal. Um, I feel like it's kind of outside of me. Like people are always like, oh, have you always dreamed of being a children's book author? And I'm like, no, this was a happy accident. Like this, this was something that happened to me in in no sense. And I am so grateful that it was in me and that it it came out and it I, I don't even it wasn't it wasn't my goal. Like I it, I had never dreamed of being a children's author. I, I had dreamed of being a writer, you know, and I, I always say that I'm a storyteller with photography. Like that's mm-hmm. that's my job as a photographer is to tell stories and, and use pictures to do it. So the only change here was really that I was using my words. But it just, it was never something I set out to do. Did you always write poems? And were you one of those people that journaled? And you know. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was that girl. Yeah, I, um, even from the youngest age, I mean, I would, I remember writing in my journals and thinking to myself, one of these days, somebody will read these and they will publish them. <laughs> <laughs> like I was writing anything super profound. But I just, yeah, I'd always been a writer. My second grade teacher gave me a journal when I was in second grade because she knew how much I enjoyed writing and wanted to foster that in me. And so it's always been one of those things that that I have done and done well. It wasn't until high school that I really actually learned how to write. My, my senior uh, AP English teacher was finally the one that was like, you know what, you can do better than this. We all need those people in our lives, don't we? <laughs> right. Right. But it really, it, it was always something I was, that came easily to me and that I really enjoyed. Yeah. And so it's not so out of the norm that it would be what I'm doing now. 
Yeah. And, and giving a gift like that to your niece is not that out right. of the ordinary. Well, the focus of the book is to encourage children to give back to their community. It's to foster the growth of young, socially conscious community leaders um, who will create a better, kinder world. What are some of the stories that are coming out that you have seen as you, you know, travel around and yeah. read this book and hear this book read to children? What are some of the stories that have come out of it? So there have been some really great um, and inspiring stories. There are two, actually three, that I'd really like to kind of touch on quickly. One of them is a young girl in San Francisco. Her name is Molly. And Molly read The Giving Crusade and was inspired to create smile stones and they're like little um, landscaping rocks that you can pick up at your garden center and she painted each one with like a happy word or a pretty picture or whatever and she sold those to her friends and family members for five dollars each and she ended up raising over eighteen hundred dollars in those sales and she used that money to then buy toys for kids at the stanford children's hospital and went and presented all of that to um, to the folks at the hospital. She received a little certificate. And then she even took um, her experience and she presented it to her Girl Scout troop and taught them all about the Giving Crusade and how important it is to be giving and generous and kind in your community. And then the second story that I'd like to touch on quickly is there is a group of kids in South Carolina outside of Charleston, and it's a multi-age class. Um, I believe the kids are six, seven, and eight years old. Mm -hmm. It's a public school in South Car Langdon, Langdon, South Carolina, I believe. And y'all, I'm so sorry for my dog. This whining thing is new. <laughs> I tried to keep him outside, but he wasn't having that either. So this group in Langdon, South Carolina, they read the book as a class, and they decided amongst themselves that they wanted to create their own charity. So they, as a class, petitioned their district and their principal and all the appropriate people to create a charity that is called Kids, and it's kids inspired and determined to serve. They make calendars and greeting cards, and they sell those, and then they donate the proceeds to different causes that they have chosen as a classroom. And that's all as a result of reading The Giving yeah. Crusade. Yeah, yeah. Wow, that's incredible. I wish you could have seen my reaction when I found out all of these stories, frankly. Like anytime I hear these stories, I personally, um, I can't get through most of these without crying. I mean, it, it, to me, it's to see how it lands on kids and to understand that, you know, or, or to see that they really understand what the book is all about right? and the way they dream, like the way, like kids just, kids just are amazing. I know. And they don't see the potential things that could go wrong. Right. Because to them, it's just like, well, yeah, let's do it. Let and, and it's not <laughs> like all the obstacles. Third story is the most recent. And we, um, Allison and I took the book to St. Pius Catholic Church. Uh, I'm sorry, St. Pius Catholic School in Greensboro. And we read it to the kindergartners through eighth graders. And actually we read to the pre-K too, but they were not part of this overall project. And the really unique thing about this St. Pius experience was that the PTO had gotten behind the book and, and they really believed in the mission of the book as well. And so they used um, some of their funds to buy books for each classroom, uh, K through seventh. And in addition to that, they donated $100 to each classroom, K through seventh grade, 
And then the challenge was, and we got to kind of announce the challenge while we were there, but the challenge was that each classroom should read the book and then determine as a classroom how they were going to take that $100 and give it back to their community. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll we'll come back together with the kids from St. Pius and um, they'll present those projects to us. And so we are super excited about that. That is so incredible. That might be when you have to sit down with me again for like the five minute update so that we can share. Because I mean, who knows what might come out of that, right? Like there's so many options. And I had read the book to my kids just before we started recording. And it was great because it touches on so many different options of maybe you want to give it to someone who's not feeling so swell. Right. Maybe you want to give it to someone who needs a well. You know, I mean, there's all yeah. these different things that promote conversation with children where they may be like, well, what does that mean? Why would someone need a well? And then you get to have a whole conversation of people all around the world that don't have clean water. Exactly. And and one of the things too, there, there were actually two things during the St. Pius presentation that really kind of struck home to me. The first was their principal um, used the terminology, quietly generous. Mm. And I think there is no better way to put that. Mm. Truly, you know, there is such beauty in being quietly generous where you're not looking for any sort of return or any, there's no expectation on the gifts that you're giving. You know, it, it's purely done because you care and because you want to make the world a better place. And so we really tried to kind of to kind of hit that home to all the kids that were there that, that day. And then secondly, the book focuses on a $5 gift as kind of the launching point for the conversation. But I think it's also important, and you kind of touched on this a second ago, but I think it's also important to remember that it doesn't have to be money. Mm-hmm. You know, you have your gifts in terms of talent and time and love and just being a good steward in your community. Like all all of that is just as important as any sort of money that you could give. And I think for kids, you know, $5 is a lot of money. Yeah. And <laughs> I mean, sometimes it's really funny because you'll hear kids say like, It's like, okay, what would you do with your $5 to change the world? And I remember this one little girl was like, I'm going to build a hotel for all the homeless people. And, you know, they'll live there and they'll love it and we'll call it the happy place. And she had this whole story and it was, you know, the adult in me is going, okay, $5, like that might buy you a brick. But for her, like that was really huge. And she was going to do big things with that. And that's you know, that's what I really love is hearing those stories. Yeah, and, and getting the thought process going is mm-hmm. just instrumental. It's so great to do it when they're young to to begin to focus on and that in the book where it goes from that five dollars to and once you've spent this five dollars, there's still so much you can do. And then you you know, you talk a little bit more about what you can do with your time. Yeah. And where, you know, places that need your time and your smile and your, you know, your service. And so, uh, and, it, and it seems like that it would be a fantastic gift to give to people too, because it has the little envelope on yep. the inside of the book. And now recently, didn't you all start putting, yeah, yeah so t- we have, tell our listeners about that. So every book, the, one of the unique things about this book is every book has a pocket in the front. And the idea is that you would put five real dollars in that pocket and gift it to a child and then read the book with them and they would be empowered to take that money and give it away to make sure that that was actually how the book was being used or that people at least understood how it could be used. We created a fake $5 bill Mm -hmm. and it's Crusader cash. I love it. On the back of the Crusader cash, it has kind of a how to use this book. And actually 
I'm giving you a little bit of insider information. We're, we're working on a second edition oh, um, already, and we hope that that'll be out probably towards the end of the, well, end of the spring. But it will also have some instructions in the back of the book about how to use it and some questions to ask kids and stuff like that. So that's in the works right now. So we'll see what happens there. Well, and were you a reader growing up? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did not really enjoy books that much when I was growing up. No, I did, but my sister was definitely the bookworm. But mm-hmm. what I've found with my kids, um, having all three, is the more books variety that I expose them to and the more books that promote questions that are appropriate mm-hmm. for their age, the more they do enjoy reading. Because honestly, all three of mine enjoy it. Now, one of them doesn't enjoy it as much as the other two, but she still enjoys it. Yeah. And so that's what I think this book is great because it does really make you think. Yeah. Oh, well, what does that really mean, Mama? Or what could I do? You know, and so I love it for that reason. Well, thank you. You're welcome. And so where can we find where can listeners find the book? So if you are in Raleigh, you can find it at NOFO at the Pig, right there in Five Points. Um, Me too. And you can also find it at Bailey's Fine Jewelry, though I'm not sure which store they have it in at this point. I do know that they have them in stock somewhere, so go and ask. And uh, Little Details. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah little, little, details. little details in Gardner, and they're fabulous. And I know that they um, they have them on display there. Uh, and then a couple oh South in Chapel Hill. Um, they also are carrying it right now. And then we have a list of quite a few more on our website. So, Which is, is that the givingcrusade.com? Yes, it is. Awesome. Mm-hmm. And then can you purchase it also off your website? Yes, you can. Oh, good. I was going to say, because thankfully there are listeners that, you know, aren't just in Raleigh <laughs> at this point. I'm like, yay, we have other listeners too. But um, I mean, I would encourage anybody to get it just because it's such a sweet read. And a, it's just like you said, it's a book with a big mission. And we, one of the things that we think is super important uh, um, about this book is that it really empowers the children to make the decision as to where the money goes. And so, you know, most of the time parents are the ones leaving, leading the giving experiences and the volunteer experiences and all of this. And this book really puts that control in the child's hands. And that was one reason why it was kind of non-negotiable for us to have that pocket in the front of the book. You know, as it exists right now, we are the ones that construct that, like we put the books together. So every book that you get, we put that pocket on the front. It's also why we don't sell it through Amazon and all of that. Um, but with this second edition that, that pocket will be built in. So we're excited about that. (laughs) 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 Well, so we end the show with a couple of questions and you kind of alluded to this a little bit earlier. It may not be what you share, but one of the things is, you know, if you did have the opportunity to sit down, let's say with your nieces and nephew or with just a group of 30 or 40 kids, um, what is some wisdom that you would like to share with them? I personally believe, and I kind of did touch on this a little bit earlier, but I, I personally believe that kindness is the key to everything. That if you treat people with kindness, not only will your life be better, but so will theirs. And ultimately, um, you know, the world will just be a better place. So I think you have to choose kindness sometimes, and sometimes you have to be the bigger person, but that will get you further than anything in this life. And giving 
you know, giving back to your community and finding a way to be a better, a better member of your community. Just living with open hands is so Absolutely. important. Well, thank you so much, Kate, for being here today. I look forward to seeing just, you know, how it reaches around the globe because it, it's always starts with a small step That's right. and then one step after the other, a big impact comes. And so we'll have to have you back to get a little bit of an update on what happens with the school in a few weeks. Yeah, we we can't wait to share that. I'm hopeful that they'll let us come in and take some pictures and maybe even get some audio for you. So that'd be pretty cool. Awesome. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Be sure to check out the show notes for links and resources at graceenoughpodcast.com. Head over to Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, or Spotify and subscribe. Clicking that subscribe button helps to make sure you never miss a new episode of the podcast. If you share the show on social media, be sure to use the hashtag Grace Enough Podcast or tag me at Grace Enough Podcast underscore Amber on Instagram and Facebook. Thank you for listening to the Grace Enough Podcast. Tune in next time. This episode was brought to you in part by Wheaton College's M.A. in Humanitarian and Disaster Leadership, which prepares Christian professionals to serve others faithfully and excellently. Called to help people facing disasters, human trafficking, poverty, or displacement as refugees? Visit wheaton.edu hdl.